All right. So we, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I think that we never talked about saras in a in-depth way here before. So I wanted to share with you, well, let's just talk, and then I have an idea also at the end, usual, that I want to share with you also. But let's just start by taking a look at some of the psukim related to saras, and then how this, some of how all this goes together. Because you can learn saras for, I don't know, for months. There's so many details and so many different things that are so interesting about it. But let's just start. By the Barasham Moshe only more. This is just the first part of when the Torah talks about saras. There's so many different details, but let's just talk about it for a little bit. Adam A person has on their body some type of lesion, discoloration or rash, something like that. So a person has some type of something on their body that they, it doesn't look right, and so who do they go to? Not to the doctor, but you go to the Kohen. Okay. That itself is kind of funny, right? How do you, like, why are you going to the Kohen? Should you just go to, do you have something on your, right? I don't know. Okay, fine. V'ra'a ha-Kohen es ha-Nega basar he takes a look at it and he sees that the, the hair on the nega turns white. So, so, the, so the, he can tell by the way he, he examines it that that's considered a tzaras. And what happens when you get tzaras? You become tameh. But if the lesion is white, but it hasn't gotten white yet, so you're not totally sure it's not all the way tzaras. So what do you do? He actually draws a line around the nega, right? They draw like a circle on your arm, wherever it is. We always say arm, wherever it is in your body, to see what happens. He comes back after seven days. He didn't go anywhere. So you wait again. Meaning, if you see it didn't grow, fine. But it, but it, and, he, and he sees again, as nothing's happened, he becomes tohor. He can clean, clean his clothing, and he's fine to go. But if it gets worse, what happens? So then it becomes, uh, he becomes he's a mitzora. He has to go out of the camp for seven days, and they have to check him again. This whole story with person becoming a mitzora. Fine. And one thing that's very clear from the from the case, from Saras is it's something something funny, strange thing on your body. It gets checked out by the Kohen, right? And you become tummy, right? From having this this nega, whatever this is exactly. Fine? Okay. So um, one question I want to ask is why is Saras connected to Tuma? Why do they have to go together? Right? But like what what's the we, we always assume it. Right, they go together, and in fact, they're placed very close together. Even in the Torah, this whole t- discussion in Parshas Tazria starts with Tuma also. Right? It's all a conversation of Tuma Vatara. But w- why does Saras have to be a Tuma thing? Couldn't it be, I don't know, just a Saras thing? So the text says that it's t- no, correct. The te- text says that. But why do the two things have to be together? Fine. Second of all, what, what does the Torah tell us about why a person gets Saras? The Torah itself. At least in this section. Yeah, that's going declares you a mitzvah. That's it. Why does it happen? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Hashem has his the Torah doesn't say. And the Torah doesn't say anywhere. There's a lot, many, many psukim. There's 50 psukim or so in the Parsons Yagimel. In Parsons Yagimel, there's, there's a ton in the Torah about Saras. Almost nothing about directly about why a person gets Saras. Okay? What it is that they did, what it is that causes a person to get saras. Fine. Um, 
And, and it's fascinating because why do we think people get saras? Lashon hara. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the big one, right? Lashon hara. The truth is, we're going to see the Gemara actually gives a number of things for which a person, Chazal, tells reasons why a person gets saras. It's not just, uh, not just um, Lashon hara. But that's not anywhere in the Torah per se, except for what? It's not here in halachas of Saras. So Miriam gets Saras, right? Miriam gets Saras after she speaks Lashon Har about Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who else gets Saras? Take a look at source number seven. I'm going to a word for a second. When Moshe is upset, right, that Hashem, that the people are not going to listen to him. So, Vayan Moshe, Vayomer, Vahin, Lo Yamin, Lo Yishmu, Lo Yishmu, Lo Yishmu, They're not going to listen, right? So he says, they're not going to listen to me. Because they're going to see, Ki Amru, Lo Nerei, Lach Hashem. Vayomer, Lo Hashem, Mazeh, Biyadecha, Vayomer, Mateh, What's your hand? He has a stick. So he says, okay, take the stick and throw it on the ground, and it turns into a, and it's going to turn into a snake. And then he says, Pasuk Dala, Vayomer, Hashem, El Moshe, Shlach, Yadcha, Ve'achoz, Sorry, not that one. Fine. Vav, Vayomer Hashem lo od, Vayomer Hashem lo od, Havei nach yadcha bechekecha, put your hands inside your clothing, Vayavei osob bechekov, Vayotziah v'nei yadom mitzaras kashalik. He takes his hand out, and his hand is covered in saras. He says, put it back in, and he takes that out, and it doesn't have any saras. Okay, that's just a cool trick. It's a nice, like, sign or symbol he's going to show Am Yisrael, right? So Rashi says no. Rashi in source number 8, mitzaras kashalik, derech tzaras yos levana, right, it's white like tzaras, Right? Why is that? Even with this, with this os, he gave us a hint. That he said, right? That he said about Am Yisrael, they're not going to believe me. Right? So, uh, Just like Miriam gets Saras, Moshe gets Saras. Fine. So we, we know Lashon Hara is connected to Saras, but nowhere in the Psukim here does it say that a person gets Saras for speaking Lashon Hara. In fact, Nowhere in the Pesukim even does it say that a person gets saras for anything that they did. It just says what happens if a person becomes afflicted with saras. And in fact, it actually leads to a fascinating machlokas between some of the Achronim about why a person gets saras or what saras really is. The Barbanel says something remarkable, source number two. And he's not the only one who says it. And you'll see, the Rabbanah, as we usually talk about, is super, super long. has like these very, very long essays on every topic. So we're not going to read everything that he says, but I just brought you a couple of, uh, you call them snippets. They're kind of big pieces. But a couple of pieces in the, the Rabbanah where he talks about his view, at least partially, on Saras. Like, it's like this. Lakach amar adam source number two. Ki b'mashu adam yashar v'shava hamezeg efshar shiikralo. Zeh. It's possible that a po- person will just get this. Right? And it can impact him. And he can actually make other people Tameh. By other things. Why is it the Torah so careful about Saras? There are other things people get, he says, that can make people sick. Right? Why is Saras the thing that, like, the Torah focuses so, so, so much on Saras? So he says it's not because the sickness will you know, be infectious and will affect other people, but because it actually is mitame the mitzorah. 
it's connected to the soul. So it sounds like the person who becomes Tame with Saras can make other people Tame, right? And it can actually impact the other person, even if what? They have to separate this person away. They have to go somewhere else for seven days. They can't be near anybody else. What's the reason, says the Brahmanel? Because they can contaminate somebody else. But that other person didn't speak Lashonara. Right? So what does that mean? It's contagious, first of all. Saras is contagious. That's what Brahman else says, at least. And it doesn't have to be something that you did. Right? It can just impact you. So we put the person like, in, sorry, I don't want to talk about it, in quarantine, mm-hmm. right? Because they can be metame somebody else, right? And, he, and, and look at this, where after the, after the lipsis, he says, Vinay metam ha skara ha zos, zayin yom, and why put people away for seven days? Lefisha teva yifame atzmo berovach tachaluim, because the truth is, he says, with lots of sicknesses, v'yeshlam latova l'rabbishivah, because a lot of people typically give them a week and they get better with, with natural Natural ailments, right? Kilarov, Yaseh, Holy Gavu, Bachole, Beshvi, Obiyadalid, Bechalayim. Basically, says that a person typically gets better. Give them a week or two, and they'll feel better from whatever sickness they have. But the point being, he's arguing that these seven days are really somewhat. Natural. Okay? And he's not the only one who says this. The Meshachachman, source number three, he writes at first, where it's bolded, These are very, like, you know, mister, mis- mystical, mysterious types of things, right? And he says, not the only, he says, It's one of the fascinating pieces of it, right? That one of the halachos is, you don't become Tomei as a Tzara, you become a until the Kohen declares you as such. So you could, ha- you could objectively have saras as long as the t- Kohen doesn't tame, tame, yikra, doesn't call you tame, you don't become tame. In fact, the Gemara says if a person's in the middle of Shavu Brachas and then he find a saras, the Kohen doesn't come to visit him or her and leave them alone. Right? If they get saras on Yantif, they wait until afterwards, right? It's not until he declares it that it's considered saras. That's, like, that's not... That's not physical, that's not uh, medical, right? That's clearly like halachic or mystical, whatever you want to call it. But then he writes, so interesting, where it's bolded down here, he says, He also says, it's a contagious disease. It's a contagious disease. They can come to other people, that's why they declare out loud, this person's tummy, everyone go away from him or her. Right, that, they, that you have to stay away because it could get caught by somebody else. Right? That is not, that doesn't sound like something that is intrinsic to the person and something that happens to me just by like the heebie-jeebies, you know, whatever, or by the emotional hit me with it. It could be, but it's fascinating for the idea that, that it, it could be transferred to somebody else. Okay, fine. Um, could, by the way, could it still be mystical and be something that transfers to somebody else? Right, could you then pass it on to somebody else? I don't know. I mean, presumably the answer is yes. If it's if it's a contagious disease, then, yeah. 
then presumably, if it works in a natural way, then yes. Well, could it be contagious before the coin declares it tame? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Right, because if, you, if you're not really tame yet, then right. probably not, right? But if it's just this natural thing, maybe, maybe you could pass it on and the person, just no one's called tame. I, I don't know, that, right. I'm not sure. But I, I actually never seen this before until today. This is the Barbanel. That, you know, I never thought about it in this direction. I saw, I saw someone quote this Barbanel. It's fascinating, right? And the Mesh Chachma, that like, that it, that it's not just this like mystical thing, but it has a physical, real physical verification and, and to the extent that it can actually impact somebody else. Um, but what's fascinating, if you look in Rav Hirsch, in source number four, he, he really rails against people looking at Saras as a regular physical illness. He doesn't like it. And he, in his piece in, in, the, in the Rav Hirsch Chumash is like 20 pages. On, some some he talks for like a paragraph. And this is like, literally it's 20 pages. So I didn't bring in the whole thing. But he, he rails against the idea that you could view Tsaras as anything other than supernatural. He says, the laws of Negayim start, start on the top. More than all other parts of the Torah have served as a source for the erroneous notion about the sanitary pu- purposes of Mosaic law, right? That people think that we wash before we eat because uh, it saves us from the bubonic plague, which was true, right? But that's, that's not like, that's not the reason why, right? It's not, Tumah Vatara are not, cleanliness and lack of cleanliness, right? Indeed, at first glance, there would appear to be a support for such a notion, for seemingly the discussion here of, di- of a disease, a contagious disease. Those stricken with it must be quarantined. Why should that be done if not to prevent contagion? It is claimed that this is sufficient evidence to determine the character of these laws. Their whole purpose, as it were, is to protect the health of the people. I'm sorry if I'm giving you PTSD from like <laughs> what's been going on in the world. Um, and the Kohanim who minister in this realm are merely expert physicians. Right? And if from the long list of human diseases, just this one disease, leprosy, was singled out, it's not leprosy, right? But that's what the people call it. And against it alone were these strict regulations adopted. Then in this claim, the reason is that this was one horrible disease from which the Jews suffered most autumn. It was like a genetic thing. Right? That Jews, that leprosy was like a thing for the Jewish people, and therefore the Torah gives a whole section on how to, how to you know, keep yourself healthy. And then there must be some foundation to Tacitus' tall tale that the Jews were expelled from Egypt because they were carriers of leprosy. Let us now examine the laws of the Gaim, their principles and salient details to determine whether there is justification for classing them as sanitary regulations. And he argues that it's not true. Right? He says, true leprosy, shechin in, in itself, is not mitame. Shechin mitzrayim, shechin rash, alo tuchal the malignant leprosy, the incurable Egyptian leprosy, cannot possibly render a person tame to the... Tame, uh, fine, but we're not going to go into the whole thing. But then he says, if you look on the, second, on the, on the right side, in the, the bottom paragraph, the view that the laws in the Gaim are sanitary regulations is then merely a figment of the imagination. Okay, it's not true. Besides, the Torah itself leaves no room for doubt as to the meaning of these laws. In Devarim, see commentary there, reference is made to the laws in the Gaim in the midst of a long list of laws whose importance lies in the social sphere. They all pr- promote preservation of the dignity of man in consideration for the happiness of the individual. The Torah there says as follows. And then it says, right after telling me, be so careful about Saras, what does it say? It's not a coincidence that those two psukim are put right next to each other. Right? So his point being that it can't be. Right? With those, he says in the bottom of that paragraph, for those words, the observance of the laws stated in our chapter become a duty of conscience of every individual. In particular, the Torah prohibits removal of the nega by a surgical or other means, even though t- minat Torah the tumah ceases with the removal of the nega. Actually, you're not allowed to take it off. 
If you have the negative, you can't cut it off. You're not allowed. Why not? If it's just to be health, healthy, so have a surgery. That would make it better, right? And he goes so many other different examples of reasons why it can't be that Tsaras is simply a physical ailment. Um, we mentioned also the coin just diagnoses, the, the coin makes the diagnosis. Also, the coin doesn't look at any other part of your body, just looks at the Tsaras, right, to make that determination. Um, tsaras can happen also in your house and on oh, your clothing. On your, mm-hmm. right? on your clothing. And- right. So, some even say, by the way, that Tsaras, the clothing is the same thing. It's just like an extension of this, you know, if it's got on your clothing, it gets in your body, it can get in your clothes, etc. But that's, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? If it's, if it's a physical thing, that's not really going to take us anywhere. Um, also, the halachas of Taras only apply in Eretz Yisrael. Makes it hard for that to be something that applies. That's a physical, right, thing. Um, they don't apply to non-Jews. Right? Non-Jew can't be called a mitzvah. It's not possible. Um... Also, if you have taras in theory on your entire body, don't imagine such a thing on your whole body, you're tahor. How does that happen? Right, so why that is is an interesting question, right? But again, if it's such a terrible thing, if it gets in your whole body, it would make you tell me. Um, fine. Okay, so it must be that there is more to it, right, than just a physical. But you didn't come in here thinking that it was a physical thing anyways, right? That, was, that itself was a chesh. But take a look. But, but but why is it that we that we always talk about it as a lashon hara thing? So take a look at source number five and six. We're going to see a couple of gemaras that that drive home this point. Gemara says in source number five like this: Amr Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amr Yochanan, Al Shiva Devarim Negayim Bayim. So we always talk about lashon hara. Why we always talk about lashon hara because of Miriam, and that's what became a thing that we talk about as as lashon hara. And we're going to see Chazal also. Because Chazal say there's seven reasons why a person gets lashon hara: Al lashon hara, Al Shvichas Damim for murder. Ashua Shav, taking an oath in vain. Agile Arayos, Agasus Haruach, being a haughty, Agezel, Valtsaris I am looking at a person with, you know, uh, I'm called the evil eye, but looking at them in a narrow, negative way. The Gemara in source number six, and another Gemara in Erechen. Amresh Lakish, my dixiv, Zostia Taras Hamitsora, Zostia Tarasosho, Motsi Shem Ra, Mitsora, Motsi Shem Ra, it's the same thing. Right? That, Chazal already pick up here this idea that Saras comes because of a person who goes after somebody else. Fine. And we saw source number seven and eight is the, Gemar, the Rash that talks about, about Moshe Rabbeinu. And then one more Gemara in source number nine. Ba minei Rabbi Shmuel bar Nadav mir b'chanina. V'amr le Rabbi Shmuel bar Nadav chasanya. Chasanei de Rabbi Chanina mir b'chanina. V'amr le Rabbi Yeshua. Manishtana mitzorah sh'amr Torah. Um... Why does a mitzvah have to sit outside the camp? Right, he's causing divides, splits amongst other people. You spend your days making people fight with each other and, and separating people in relationships. So Moshem says, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a time out. You'll sit separately by yourself. You'll be separated now. Right? So what does the Mitzorah bring two birds as the Kapara after he's done, or she or she is done having Taras? Why do they bring two birds? Chirping. You bring a Korban on something that chirps. Right? So Chazal certainly like have a heavy focus on this being a Lashon Hara thing. But the question is like, but 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 still, the thing that's kind of bothered me for a long time is, what what's the tomb of a tara connection? 
Like, why does someone being Mitzorah mean that they're tummy? Because they committed an act that questions their character and their essence and okay. the holiness of their neshama. Like, whatever they did speaks to... So Tuma, you're saying Tuma reflects... The fact that that they like defiled their inner character. Okay. Like to me, it. So to, you're saying Tuma reflects a certain like a certain lack of kedusha. Yes. Okay. Well, I can't go into the base on Mikdash when I'm Tame. Right. Okay. And they shouldn't be if right. they're like. So they're like you're assuming that Tuma nature. comes from a place of like something negative, negative spiritually results in Tuma. Yes. Okay. I was thinking like Tuma is almost like the absence of Hashem and like like they say like let's say between a husband and a wife if there's no Hashem bias the Shechina leaves right. so like by the Mitzorah causing discord between people that makes the Shechina leave and then he naturally becomes Tame. So it's like a lack of a Kaddish Baruch Hu results in Tuma. Yeah. Okay. That's why I was... Yeah. So Rishteinzalz has a fascinating explanation of this. So Rishteinzalz says that sort of along the lines of what you're both saying, like a little different. He says, what is Tumah really? Tumah always re- reflects when there is, if you want to call it godliness or, li- or life, right? We, we usually talk about Chaim and Mavis, right? Chaim and Mavis, right? There's life and there's death. And Tumah always shows up when life leaves or the potential for life leaves, right? That results in Tumah. That's where the number one source of tumma is a dead body, right? A dead body is aviyavosa tumma because a body had life within it. It had a neshama. It had vitality. It had life. It had that piece of a kadosh baruch in a certain sense, right? And then that goes away. That vacuum that's left is called tumma. But the truth is, it's not. It's such a fascinating how he says it's not always true by everything that has life. A snake. For example, if a snake dies, the carcass of a snake is not doesn't make you tummy. Why not? The snake was the lowliest of the creatures. It's cursed by Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's, so when it dies, like the, it's the difference, right? It's the potential, right, that gets removed that results in tummy. That's why a kli that's whole can become tummy. A kli that gets broken now cannot cannot become tummy anymore. A broken kli can't be can't be makabel because it doesn't have the potential to do anything. Right? It's only a clear that, that can work. It can, you can use it for something. So then it can become tummy. It can become tar also, but it become tummy. Something that has the potential can become f- potential for life and then it's lost. Right? So that's when uh, that vacuum creates tumma. So he wants to argue it's the same thing when it comes to, to the human being who speaks Lashon Hara. Right? What does Unklo say? Is that when, when Kadosh Baruch Hu creates a human being, right? so the Pasuk says, Vayitzer Hashem lo kimas adama farmida adama, Right? Vayipach ba'apav nishmas chaim. So I didn't bring you that pasuk, but I brought you what Unklos says in that pasuk. Right? It's like sort of an off-quoted Unklos. Uh, but I don't think you usually see it inside. So he says, Ubara Hashem lokim yas adam afra mina ara. Right? That Hashem, Hashem created human being afra mina aretz. V'nafach ba'afohi nishmas adachai. He blew, blew, blew into his nostrils the nishmas chaim, right? And the shama. V'havas ba'adam l'ruach memalala. And made the human being some type of higher level being. Apparently, the translation of Ruach Memalala in Aramaic is the Koach Adibor. 
right? The ability to speak. What makes human? It's a good kasha. Snake also can talk, right? In the Ganeda, fine. That's a bigger kasha. That's a kasha on why the snake can talk. But right, the ability to speak is sort of the reflection of our humanity, right? It's our ability to speak that that gives us that that sense of being different than every other animal. That's that's what makes us different, right? So when a person then takes the power of speech and uses it the opposite direction. So you are, in a certain sense, removing the vitality, that which makes you human, from who you are. And when that, right, that humanity of a person is removed from them, what results? Right, the potential for that person goes away, it results in tamay tamay yikra. And that's why there's such a, such a close connection to being a mitzorah and being tummy. It's not like two separate things a person happens to become. No, it's, it's part and parcel of the same thing. Chazal say, right? Life and death is in the, is in the hands of the, man, of the tongue, right? It's funny language, hands of the tongue. But it's, a, right? it's, in, it's in your, right? So what, I, I don't know, I always translate that as what? Life and death are in, in the hands of what you say, meaning what? Yeah, you could hurt somebody really badly, right? Sticks and stones, bigger bones and names do hurt me even more, right? right? The way we speak does hurt other people very powerfully. But, but I think Rabbi Shandos says it, or maybe, I don't know, but, or maybe I heard somebody say it. It's, it's really, it's not only true outwardly, right? Ha-moves v'achayim biyad halashon, meaning moves v'achayim of yourself. Which is why among the seven reasons you would get saras, some of them like Gasod Havuach and Saros Ha'ayin are... They're midos. Right. They're not something you did to anybody. Right. right. You know, it doesn't have to be something you afflict on somebody else. But if, it, but if it's something that you afflict upon yourself, upon yourself right, okay. if you lose yourself in who you are, what your humanity is all about, so that results in saras. Right? It, it has that impact on you. Um, and that's why, you know, as bad as it is to you know, speak a lot about other people, which obviously we, we know, and, and to... Like drive that point home. That we know, but the the way that that saras and chazal is reflective of of what happens to the person themselves, I think is very fascinating, right? And it and it and that's and it also partly partly explains the whole process that goes on. You have to leave the camp. You sit by yourself, etc. What's that all about? Soul search. It's a chesed nefesh, right? right. But that that all makes sense. But it wasn't something contagious. I still am having a hard time with. Okay, that's fine if it's right. a metaphysical, metaphysical thing. thing. But if now you're passing it to someone else who also has to... Right, how does that fit? It's a good question. How does that fit? What, what would we say about that? It's a good point. Because someone with very bad mitos could easily influence other people in that same direction. I mean, I can't tell you how many Shabbos meals I sit at and the conversation <laughs> goes... Like an oil or rush to lesson. Okay, you say it's like, it's like a mamish... It's so, that, wow. Okay, yeah. Okay. If you like surround yourself, but you get by, like you get like uh, even if you say temptation for you to. You're saying it's even in a scenario, right? You're saying then it's a very very chiddush then because what we're saying then is that if it's really this, first of all, you can argue. If you want to argue that it's this, that it happens like by association, it means even without personally having that negative quality in your own midos. You still can contract saras from being near somebody. 
association by association, right? If you can then pass it on to somebody else. else. You're saying like the sixth degree person who got Sarat from the one person who had one of these traits is also guilty? Like it's, it's problematic. There's some situation Rabbi Kony would know better. Maybe it was an ear honey dechat where Hashem commands... B'nai Israel to like destroy the whole city by yeah. sword and don't let anybody an right. animal live right. etc yeah, etc yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's one opinion that explains you know why is it so important and it has do you know what I'm referring I don't know. to Come on, <laughs> because the, the Pasuk then has Hashem talk about Rachamim, that he's a merciful right. Hashem, uh, and the yeah. same, that he commands them to do right. that. Even though there's so much Rachamim, it's in your Hanidach, it's destroyed the entire city for Avodah Zarah. But because, you're saying because there's a concern that this that city is so depraved that, that it could impact everybody else. Correct. We could do that, that just Hashem talk about Hashem respond to people with an evil character, right. with cruelty as opposed to Rachamim, and so... He wants them com- destroyed completely. Right. Even though you know, has never happened and never will happen, right. but we're correct. So, so but the I'm construct, saying the construct, it's analogous to so powerful. Yes, someone whose you know core essence or has such a severe deficit in their inner character and midos, just being around other people could cause the other people or bring out that sense. That right? No, it's a, you, you can make such an argument. I did. No, you could. You could. No, you can make such an argument. You can make such an argument, or you could argue, you know, again, I don't know what the Barbanel says in terms of like this piece. If he agrees that it's really a, uh, you know, so it's hard to argue it's not some type of spiritual malady because you have Gemaras that are explicit that way. So I don't think Barbanel is an argument in the Gemara. But, um, but yeah, it makes it a harder argument of this, like how can we metame somebody else? But I, I think you could go. I think what you could go with is yeah. It, it kind of fits. It fits the, you know, the mold in the sense that these are things that spread, right? This you know t- that type of attitude is an attitude that spreads, and it can rub off in that sense. Um, I wasn't thinking about that when we talked about it, but um, I just brought that up, Rabbi because I thought it was so interesting. But you're right. It, it 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 throws it throws a wrench into this argument if it becomes just this communicable disease. It's not that simple. But if it's a communicable disease. Which is connected to a, you know, again, you could have it both in both directions. You could have it a communicable disease which results from a person's inner issues, inner stuff, and it still spreads to somebody else. And even if that person doesn't have those things exactly, but just the, the potential for a person, it, you know, symbolically, it has that has that power. Because we all have that potential. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I feel like it's a struggle for all of us. Yeah, and I mean, I, I definitely understand that point. It kind of makes it seem like the way that a physical disease could spread and affect other people could also be like how things work in the spiritual sense, that it just like being around negativity could rub off on people. And being around positivity, I, and be, by the way, being around positivity rubs off on people too. Yeah. Right. But I still have a question though, how the Cohen's, the Cohen's diagnosis of Tama and Tahara fit into this, because what we're saying is that objectively, no matter what, like if, if somebody has this negativity in them, if they have one of those seven things, that makes the saras come, that could make it contagious to other people. So then why would the coin like hold off on a diagnosis? Or, or it, it seems like the tamatara is based on, Rabbi Khan, like you were saying, like the difference in the potential of the person. So that difference would exist. 
whether or not the Cohen, Cohen declares it as such. Right. But I do have to say, and some Farshan explain like this, that the fact that it's the declaration of the Cohen himself that causes the person to become, to become Tame reflects the Koach Hachayim V'yamavas B'yad HaLashon, Mamish. Right? It depends on the, what, the Kohen's declaration. Right? The fact that the Kohen is what declares the person at Saraz or not, not a Mitzorah shows again, well, I didn't do anything physical. Yeah, just by, just by calling me a Mitzorah, I'm now Mitzorah. Now I'm Tomei. Right? Without having to say it, nothing has to happen. Right? And, it, 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 and the ha- having to go to the Kohen and have the process sort of drives home that same point. And, and by the way, the Kohanim typically were also the Malamdim. They, they were the teachers. Right, the Kohanim were the ones that didn't have they didn't have places to they didn't have uh, you know land they weren't farmers the Kohanim were the and the Levim were the ones who spent time teaching so you would go to like a spiritual person to deal with your tzaras right I mean it's probably true also sociologically long like back then they didn't have like doctors in the same way also you probably went to a spiritual person anyways if you were you know but but I think I think the that Hachaim v'Amos b'Yad Halashon same concept does fit I think a little bit with that idea of the coin, the, cl- the declaration of the coin, and if he doesn't, it doesn't. And by the way, part of it also, in a, in a in a like a Rahmanis way, is that if it's really a spiritual, you know, uh, experience for the person, right? And it's an opportunity, then, right? So I heard one heard, once heard the mushal given like this, you know, sometimes you're for some people their uh, their check engine light comes on a lot in their car, right? Especially it gets older. So you could go to the mechanic, right, and say, just like, do me a favor, just shut the check engine light. Just disconnect it, right? And then don't have to deal with it, right? Would anybody do that? Of course not. I mean, hopefully not. But you wouldn't do that. Why not? Because then you wouldn't know if something was wrong, right? Like, oh, it's great. It's not Saras anymore. Like, yeah, and no, right? Because it's, like an oppor- it's a, really an opportunity, right? But the, where was I going with this? Oh, so the, the point being... So if a person's in the middle of Shevard Brachas or whatever, right? They're not going to have that. They can't, they can't make use of that opportunity, right? They're not going to... It's in the middle of Yontif and it's, it's Erev Shabbat, whatever. These scenarios, because it's there to be there when a person has the ability to kind of do a Cheshvan and Nefesh and make use of it, so it actually makes a lot of sense that we can delay it. It doesn't have to happen at certain times that we can decide in what way the Kohen certainly has the opportunity to decide at certain times, you know, when to declare them that way. It again, serves that same function of making it into a, a, a spiritual opportunity rather than just a physical malady, you know, which I think is cool. And the but. benefit of it having the first seven days, second seven days too, because like if you start this process and let's say you go, oh wait, Start doing I must be doing something wrong, right, then you have the power potentially to avoid going that far with it because you have time to do that reflection before it's too late. And then maybe it stops growing and maybe... Start to be a, crit- a, a wild oper- like a wild thing also to think to consider the fact that a person could like go through a spiritual experience and see it physically <clears throat> change. Mm-hmm. You know, to to like see it in front of you, it's also wild. You know, but but anyways. So yeah. we're going to argue the Maraglim didn't get Saras. They died. Even though they... <laughs> they died. Okay. Way worse than Saras. Is it? They died a very horrifying death. Why? They should have gone Saras. I mean, well, they did way, they did way worse they than Lashon They Yeah, they, they destroyed they the history of Klai. I mean... <laughs> They're like way... They just get killed with it. They, there's descriptions in Chazab what happens to them. It involves their tongue. Whatever. I don't want to care. We'll keep everybody at lunch today. So... But they, they, their death involves their tongues also. But um, it's very bad what happens to them. 
way beyond just Saras. Saras is an because Saras is an opportunity. Saras is not just a. That's, that's, that was my point. Saras is not just like there's like a horrible, like punishment. It's opportunity. Right? It becomes an opportunity for the person. They see what's going on and they can say, "Wow, you know, um, you know." But so not it, for shvichat I mean. Okay. What even for shvichat Did we do tshuva for anything? David Melech, man, did some pretty. I just really, yeah, David Melech did some pretty. The Gemara says that anyone who says David did, you know, is mis, you know, anyway Toa, The Gemara says, but we know what David did, right? He did tshuva. You know, a person can do tshuva for anything. It's not, uh, you know, so even shvichas David becomes an opportunity for a person. So, anyways, maybe something to think about in terms of tumah v'tar. We usually look, we usually look at it and how it connects us to Saras, and Saras, which is, a, you know, I think, more of an opportunity than just a, uh, you know, a yucky thing, but, uh, you know, maybe gives an opportunity to, and you can make all your comparisons to COVID if you want later, I don't, I don't understand those. I stopped doing that a long time ago. But, uh, but yeah, something to uh, think about, at least, in terms of this day, which we're going to talk about now for the next couple of weeks. So. Okay.